Okay, so tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got started in the disability community. Well, um, my name is Grace. Um, I'll, I'll give a quick description of myself. It, I am a white female. I have dark brown hair. I'm wearing a blue shirt, blue glasses, blue headphones. Um, I have a fake background of the of space behind me. And um, I am an autistic adult. And um, I am late identified as an autistic. So I came into the disability community late, though I've been autistic my whole life. I didn't know it until uh, my 30s. So, um, so that's how I I came to know other autistics and the rest of the disability community that I have um, become acquainted with and, and the advocacy that I've been doing for that. Mm -hmm. That's cool. So like what sorts of things are you doing in the disability community? I understand you're a disability advocate, but that you also work in the social justice realm. Um, at the moment, that that's all online, all social media, things like that. Um, I do sometimes do like um, speaking engagements, uh, whether it be like a guest on a podcast or um, I did a panel last year for thinking differently about autism uh, with Sienna Castellan and the Neurodiversity Neuro Celebration Week um, organization put that on back in April of last year on um, I've done a few others as well um, so so I do speaking engagements sometimes I um, I interact on social media trying to uh, spread uh, more accurate information um, I'm trying to get more involved in more organizations I was um, a working board member for Autistic Women's Alliance for a few months. Um, it was um, a little a little too much for me, especially since we were we had different goals. So it was a little too much. Um, it was a little out of my depth. I, I've never been a board member who was then actually a working board member before, as opposed to an advisory board. So it was a lot more and they're in the process of building their organization. So it was, it was a lot more time commitment and a lot more stress of doing things that were outside of my um, capabilities as of yet. And, um, and since we had different goals for where we wanted to go with our um, advocacy and whatnot, um, I decided to kind of step back and let them um, bring in new members for the board and and I'll probably go back as an advisory board when they're more set up and and ready for advisory board members but for now I've backed backed out of there and um let some other other people who are ready to take over that spot do that uh, but that was that was a rewarding experience their goal is more on the um mentoring and like uh, peer mentoring autistics mentoring other autistics 
for workplace purposes, and I'm more on the social justice for autistic and other disabled communities type of stuff. So I I just like advocacy a little bit more than, than they were leaning into. And so um, I decided to kind of redirect my um, attention mm -hmm. from there. But they're, they're a pretty great organization. I, I recommend looking them up. They're they're still building, but they're doing great. And they um, they have a little monthly uh, virtual coffee chat event that they do, which is great for, um, it's, it's not just Autistic Women, although it's called Autistic Women's Alliance, it is actually open to all marginalized genders that are considered autistic. Um, and, and they include both um, formally, diagnosed and self-identifying autistic people um, so it, it's very inclusive and it's, it's a lot of fun and and the conversations can get real real in-depth and and um, it's really great um, I am trying to learn a lot more about DEI type of things you know diversity and inclusion belonging equity justice and those things so I'm spending a lot of time in some racial equity um, courses and learning a lot of things that um, are outside of my own personal life experiences so that I can understand where someone else is coming from and not just where I'm coming from. And um, and so I'm, I'm learning how to grow in those areas as well and, and trying to listen and amplify the voices of others, which is super critical in, in the social justice area is, is amplifying the voices of people with lived experiences, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's cool. So like my next question here is, are there any particular stakeholders that you're involved with, you know, with regards to like disability advocacy and in the, and social justice? Um, you know, at, at the moment it's, it's mostly areas that I'm interested in. Like I, I want to get Congress to walk away from, say, uh, Autism Speaks. I don't want to get real deep into that because I don't really want to get sued by Autism Speaks for talking bad about them. But you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. um, I want to get like the um, the UN has. The Convention on the uh, Rights of People with Disabilities, uh, Obama signed it, but the Congress hasn't um, ratified it yet. And I want to get them to do that because I feel that um, in addition to the American with Disabilities Act and IDEA, I think that we could really benefit from some more oversight and more um, more broad and and extensive values that are in the CRPD. I also want to help push for getting rid of applied behavioral analysis, not, not just the um, electric shock therapy, which I do believe is the most important thing to get rid of, but I think that applied behavioral therapy in general needs to be uh, gotten rid of. And there's there's a variety of other areas that are 
as whenever they come up, I, I'm, I'm active in as far as social media or writing letters or contacting someone to show my support. Um, I'm, I interact quite a bit with um, Communication First, which is an organization that works with disabilities that have to do with um, non-auditory speaking, but communicating with AAC, which is, I can't remember if it's augmented. Um, it's augmented and alternative or alternative and augmented communication devices. Um, I always call it AAC, so I have a really hard time remembering which order those, those words go in. But um, for AAC users, that is a big organization that fights for their rights, whether they're autistic or any other disability that involves um, a speech disability. And the truth is, is that it, it's more about respecting their rights and their own form of communication because we tend to force this norm of communication is standard if it's coming from the mouth. And honestly, that shouldn't be the only standard out there. We should be respecting all forms of communication. And AAC is one of those. Um, and then I'm a huge advocate for what um, respectability does in the community and I'm looking forward to working with them someday in the future. Um, I'm trying to get into their uh, apprenticeship program because I would like to learn more from them as well as, um, as supporting their work. They do a lot of great things and they're training a lot of um, disabled advocates that want to make the world better for disability rights um, in a lot of different areas, whether it be in policy or in community or in ed education or in employment, in religion, in a variety of areas, they're covering a lot of bases there. And I think that that's, oh, and entertainment as well. They have, they have a whole cohort for, um, working in the media industry um, to get representation out there. And so that's really important as well, which there's another organization that I follow that's really great for that. Um, it, it was just Sea Talent, but they, they um, joined up with Whaler. So Sea Talent and Whaler combined are doing a lot of good work for um, representation for disability in, um, media um, like movies and television and other media sources so i don't work for those organizations but i do support what they do and i am trying to be um, a source of support for those i i support autistic asan which is autistic self-advocate network and the um, the other one, not Autistic Women's Alliance, but 
I believe it is Autistic Women and Non-Binary Network, which is AWN, because they didn't add another N in there. Um, those ones are the big ones that I really like to follow, and Neuroclastic, and quite a few others. I could go on forever and ever and ever and ever and ever on my favorite organizations that I like to support. But my, my main goal is connecting and spreading the word and helping those who don't have the correct information get better information about our rights, about what, who we are, about what's true, because there's a lot of misinformation, there's a lot of ableism, there's a lot of uh, mistreatment. There's a lot out there that needs to change. And I think the only way that that's going to change is if we keep talking about it, keep working at it and, um, and find a way to get through to fixing the systemic barriers and to pretty much everybody's problems. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So my last question here, it's kind of, is what impact does, you know, disab disability advocacy and like social justice, um, like how do those two things combined, um, like what impact does that have on the disability community? Um, you know, like how does that, how does those two things really create so, really, really create meaningful change? It's a two-part question, so. The, the two things being social justice and what was the other one? Disability advocacy. Well, I mean, the main part is is combating ableism um, for the disability advocacy. For the social justice, I think that that's both for the disability community as well as the intersectionality that comes with all the other groups, all the other marginalized groups that are intersectional with disability because Disability is not just white cis male. It's it's female or non-binary or trans. It's black. It's Hispanic. It's all types of people. Um, it's LGBTQ. It's every type of person can have a disability. It it does not discriminate. And um, and most people will experience disability sometime in their life, whether it be early, lifelong, or later on in life. Um, the majority of people will experience it at some point. Um, so it it's important to have that intersectionality involved. So knowing that we need to fight for all of those rights, not just one narrow section is important as well as fighting for shutting down ableism, going and making sure that there's accessibility for everybody. And accessibility is broad. You know, a lot of people think that it's just wheelchair access or just um, sign language during the Super Bowl. You know, it is more than just one thing. It is a mm -hmm. variety of things for a variety of people. There are so many different aspects to accessibility and they're all important. 
every last one of them. And so it's important to make sure that there's accessibility for everybody. It's important to make sure that everybody ha is included. There's no discrimination, there's no exclusion, but it's also extremely important to make sure that there is belonging because inclusion can mean that you're allowed in, but belonging means that you can bring your whole self, your authentic self. You can feel like you are welcome in that place that you've been allowed into, um, which is which is extremely important for psychological safety and for um, in involvement in community. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Does that answer your question or do? Yeah, yeah. I was I also gonna, babbling too much. It was. I was also going to add. You know, the 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 phrase "nothing about us without us." I think that phrase. Absolutely. I've heard that a lot um, in disability circles, and I think that that phrase kind of means a lot. It does. It means so much. And you know, I've heard it rephrased once, um, and I liked it a lot because it adds that ever so little bit more to the point where they said everything about us with us. So it's like, it's the flip, but it's the same meaning, mm -hmm. you know, but it, it adds that little extra oomph to it because instead of saying, don't exclude us from things that matter to us, it's saying everything is, we, we are a part of everything because everything affects us. So you should include us in all of those conversations. And so I like that as well. Um, that's a really, really powerful sentiment. And, you know, I know that it's from a completely different um, movement, and I don't want to um, to take away from another movement, but it, it still speaks to me on multiple levels. The way that Angela Davis, um, when it comes to the civil rights movement, said that I will no longer accept the things I cannot change. I will, will change things I cannot accept. And, um, and I know that that's not, that's not mine to take. That's hers. And it's a totally different movement. And I don't want to co-opt it. I'm just saying that it, it has a powerful meaning. It, it really carries over into a broader aspect of oppression and of human rights for everyone. And I think that it's important that we don't just accept it because, oh, well, we can't change it. And the truth is, is that we have to keep fighting to change it, mm -hmm. or it or it never will, or it never will change. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's important. Yeah. 